house it's me it's your man it's your main man it's all walls and i'm back again episode 49 of old walls house is here we're back again this week ladies and gentlemen and as always i appreciate all of you i thank all of you thank you guys so much for all the support so thank you thank you thank you as you know we're going to do some housekeeping so again a reminder we have the t-shirt giveaway going on so what all you need to do to be entered, and you can be entered as many times as you share. You can share once a week. So still three more chances to share to get entered. You're going to do the drawing after week 52. We're in week 49. So you can do 49, 50, 51, 52. Four more chances. All you got to do is share the pod on social media in any way, shape, or form. Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, however you want to share it. Every time you do. You get entered into a chance to win a t-shirt. The more entries, I will proportionally increase the t-shirts. So, just remember to do that. And as always, please comment, rate, review, subscribe, and like we said, share. All right. Coming up, talking UFC 282. We're talking the NFL, college football. We have a Flyers update. And we always, as always, we have my passing thoughts. That's the order it's coming. So, if you guys want to skip around, you can. But I just suggest you listen to the whole show. So, without any further ado, let's do it. Let's start with the fight game this week. Start with UFC 282, their most recent pay-per-view. And, you know, for once in my life, it's not just boxing with the fuckery and the scorecards. The UFC's decided to join in as well. So, up until the last two fights of the night, scorecards were irrelevant, though. Nine fights, I think. Up to that point, nine finishes. Just nuttiness. Absolute nuttiness. Um, on the main card, I, I only watched I watched the uh, the undercard in passing. So just main card thoughts here. Uh, Thug Nasty opened it up. Bryce Mitchell. Was, here we go. Guys, we're going to do it. We're going to do it early. Ilya Kopura was who he was facing. Uh, Thug Nasty petitioned the UFC to be able to wear camo shorts. Got to love it. Problem is... Thug Nasty ran into a dude who is just, uh, might be just an absolute murderer. This Depora dude looked good. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ilya is how you say his first name. Uh, I think I'm saying Depuria, right? Maybe? I don't know. Who knows? He looks like a stud. Big ass chest tattoo. Looking all tough and shit. Uh, he's undefeated. He This was his fifth fight in the UFC. He has... One, he lot he won the first one by decision. The rest of them had all been stoppages. So, this dude seems to be a absolute killer. Uh, he only has one decision on his record: thirteen wins, twelve by stoppage, a uh, bunch of submissions, rear naked guillotines, and then punches, and then the uh, the arm triangle choke is what this one was classified as. Performance of the night is was given the award. So, just a great, great, uh, great start to the event. A lot of energy, a lot of energy going. Uh, what was next? Was Darren Till next, or was it that Santiago Ponzinilla? Darren Till was next. He was facing Drikas Duplices. And it did not go well for Mr. Till. At one point, at one point in the first round, 
the police just had landed 60 connections, 60 shots. Darren Till had landed zero. Not good. Darren Till uh, may need to go back to the drawing board and and figure out what's the path, because I, I, I don't know at this point if he's in the right. He was kind of a big 170, but at 185, is he big enough at 185? I just don't know. Uh, let's see. Let's look. I mean, he hasn't won a fight since he beat Kevin Gastelum back in November of 2019. This was his first fight in over a year, which was his first fight in over a year at the time, which was his first fight in like seven months at the time. So it's been a long time since he's been active. It's been since 2019 since he's been active. He's uh, one in five in his last six, six fights. He beat Wonder Boy Thompson in uh, that was in May of 2018, and then lost to Woodley, lost to Masvidal. A good fight at uh, against Gastelum that he won. That was at middleweight, and then he gets gets rolled. Uh, you know, tonight or not tonight, but you know, Saturday night against Duplessis. I just don't know. I don't know if he's in the right weight group, weight class, or what he's doing. I mean, if you look back, he's had some catch weights at you know 176, 175. He's kind of a dude who's stuck between weight classes, I think, really. And with UFC having the bigger weight classes, I mean, 170 to 185 is a pretty big move. So you, you never know. I mean, dude got up to fighting for a welterweight title, and he just might have outgrown the body, outgrown the weight class. Body might have outgrown the weight class. Who knows? He's going to have to figure it out, though. He's going to have to do so. I don't know. I don't know what he does going forward. I, I don't know where it is. I mean, he's only 29. He'll be 30 here shortly, but... Oof, who knows, man? Who knows? I don't know. What I do know is Ponzania. I think I'm saying it. Yeah. Again with the names. Can we not just have some easier names for old Waltz to pronounce? Ponzanibia? Ponzanibia. Ponzanibia. Santiago. I can pronounce Santiago. Uh, he faces a, a step-in fight, uh, a step-in competitor, Alex Morano. Morano? Or Mor- Morono? Morono. Morono. You know, you'd think I would learn. I was literally listening to the commentary all Saturday night. And he may have been losing the fight. And then he wasn't. When he just smoked him in the third round. Probably losing uh, by all accounts, but God only knows. Who knows? So he gets a just a, a knockout. Knockout of the night. I don't know. At least the ones I saw. I don't know what happened on the undercard. There was probably some knock submission. KO. Yeah, there's a bunch of KOs on the undercard, so who knows? Um, but KO of the night on the main card, that's for sure. And then the fuckery began, ladies and gentlemen. Patty the Batty, who I do want to say, dude's electric. The crowd loves him. It, it makes it feel, like, important. I was as pumped up for the Patty the Batty fight as I was for the main event. And he brings the hype. And the first two rounds were very interesting and fun rounds to watch. Like it was a good fight. Third round was a little slow, but you know, Patty, the baddie ends up with the win. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I thought he pretty clearly lost the first round. I thought he pretty clearly won the second round. And I thought he pretty clearly lost the third round. Now the judges did not agree. Two judges gave Patty the first round, and then one judge gave him the third round. All three scored 29 and 28 for Patty Pimbleton. Everybody gives him the second. So, I don't know. 
It was weird. Uh, I thought he looked a little underwhelming, especially in the third round. I know there were some claim, some complaints about the ref not getting him off the cage in the third round. I don't know. Just get yourself off the cage is kind of the belief I have. But who knows? I mean, I will say this. I've seen it so much in fight sports that I get it's almost like I've got burnout from seeing like all the fuckery that I, I don't even react to it anymore. But these up and coming stars, they're going to get these. Like if you go back in history, like of UFC boxing, like you can go pick out moments where the up and coming star probably lost. I mean, you can do it with boxing. There's Pacquiao in one of his first, I think his second fight with Marquez might've lost it. He gets a winner, a draw, uh, for Floyd Mayweather. He got one against, uh, Jose Castillo. Patty, the baddie gets this one. Like it, it's going to happen. Like it's, I, I don't know if it's corruption or if it's just like human nature to think that he should win so that you're seeing things in that light. Like it's tough. It's it's tough to put your biases aside and be like, oh, no, that, he totally lost that one. That said, I still love him. I'm still going to want to tune in next time he fights. I hope he fights often because the dude's a star. And, you know, like I said, he probably got gifted one. The dude, Jared Gordon dude, though, his backstory is incredible. It was like a drug addict strung out and, and was just a total disaster and made, made a hell of a fucking self, made a hell of a move for himself and was fighting in the co-main event of UFC 282 against Patty Pimblett. And... I saw him winning. So props to that, dude. Now, the fuckery did not stop there. In the main event, we have Jan Blahovich and Magomed and Kaliev. We're just going to call him Magomed. Jan and Magomed. So I was, to start the fight, I was blown away about Magomed's speed. I thought he looked quick. You know, for big dude, I thought he looked really quick. He was way faster than Jan. And I, I thought I was I was watching and I was like, oh, this thing's going to be over in a hurry. Like, this is not going to last long. Well, I was wrong, as I typically am. Um, after I, I gave the round, the first round clearly in my mind to Magomed. Keep note of that because we had fuckery here, obviously. I thought Jan Blahovich fought an incredible fight in the second and third. He was using the low leg kicks to perfection. Just absolute perfection. He was Beating the shit out of Magomed's legs right on the calves, just lighting them up. And I mean, it, it made Magomed switch out of the southpaw stance to protect the leg. Right leg, yes, right leg. Had to had to line myself up there, southpaw, to figure it out. Um, but yeah, just absolute, just peppered him. And I thought he was fighting the perfect fight. And I made a note: he's fighting the perfect fight, and he has to fight the perfect fight to to be able to win and hold on. He got all, he got taken down late in the third, and that's when the cracks started to show. Even through all the leg kicks that were really slowing down Magomed's offense, he got a takedown late in the third. He got a takedown in the fourth, in the like the middle of the fourth round, and he just held control of the rest of the round. I thought he won that round, and then he controlled the fifth, and I thought he just wrestle fucked it away. You know, just. Russell fucked away to decision. He was like, I'm I'm going to wrestle you to the ground. I'm not letting you up. I'm going to be in control. And uh, unfortunately for him, some people saw it otherwise, which is weird because I, I, the things they saw is how they got, how we got there. The, the scorecards were, were odd. Um, Mike Bell saw the first three rounds for Jan, the last two 
for Magomed. So just there, he just differs with the first round with me. Uh, Derek Cleary scored the re- the fight for Magomed. He gives the first two rounds to Jan, then the third round to Magomed, the fourth round of Magomed, and then he goes fourth, fifth round, 10-8 for Magomed. So he saw the fight a little differently than I. He gave that third round takedown some more credence, and that's where the flight, fight flipped for him. And then the final card, Saldamato, which was the tie, which leads us to the, the draw. He sees the first round for Jan. He sees the second and third for Jan, as I did. And then he scores the fourth for Magomed and the fifth, another 10-8 round leading to the draw. So just crazy. I, I don't have a huge problem with the 10-8 round. I thought he was in total control. I didn't I I think 10-8 rounds you should have to do more than just be in control the whole time, but I guess I can't have a huge problem. So again, I gave Magomed the first, Jan the second and third, Magomed the fourth and fifth. No 10-8s for me. I thought the first round, I obviously saw a different first round than everybody else. I thought Jan lost it pretty clear cut. So um, Jan was saying in the post-fight interview, he didn't win. He came over when Rogan was interviewing Magomed and was like, oh, you should have the belt. I saw that he's kind of walked that back a little bit in, uh, in you know, post-fight, post-fight uh, stuff. But who knows? So the fuckery was about... I have no idea where they go from there. I know Glover Teixeira was talking. They were talking about Glover Teixeira getting a shot. So I have no idea. Over in boxing, where the fucker usually reigns, uh, Tiafimo Lopez beats Sandor Martin. He wins by uh, split decision, scores 97-92, 96-93, both in his favor. And then 94-95, 95-94 for Sandor, whichever way you'd like to put it. So two, two to one. Um. I was watching it on the side, so I don't have a ton of comments on the actual action of, you know, scoring it out. I didn't score the fight. But every time I looked over, I was not impressed with what Tiafimo was doing. And it looked like Sandor Martin was doing good things. Every time I looked over, it looked like Sandor Martin was winning the fight. So, I don't know. <clears throat> Tio got knocked down in the second, kind of a little flash knockdown. I guess he got knocked down later. I, I missed it. I didn't see it. But they ruled it wasn't a knockdown, and that seemed to be the right call. But still, not impressive. A couple takeaways. First of all, Tiafimo Lopez's uh, father's a douchebag. Um, Bernardo Osuna, who works on the ESPN Boxing uh, broadcast, he's terrible. And I'm not really sure Tiafimo's wife likes him. I think they've been having troubles dating back to when he lost to George Cambosis, but it was weird. Like he was trying to get his kid from her after the fight. He was like standing in the ring, like motioning her to like give him, give him his kid. Who's a, at best a toddler a year or two old, maybe. And she wouldn't give him to him. It was weird. And then and they cut back to him later, like leaving the ring and he's got the kid and she's like right up in his shit, like trying to get the kid back and is clearly pissed that <laughs> that he has his son and, like, is walking around with him in the arena. It was odd. Super odd. What Even one of the more oddest things was there. there's, like, a video of him, and they catch him in the ring after he's been declared the winner. He's got on the, the Heismiller jersey, and he looks over to somebody off camera. He's like, yo, do I still got it? I don't know if I still got it. And it's like, whoa. Homeboy is... Not good mentally. 
like questioning if he still has it post like just post fight oof but yeah so that fight was interesting i don't know i don't have enough com to comment on scorecards one thing to keep a note a he could just be getting the benefit of being the a side being the bigger name with the bigger fights down the road he's a more marketable than uh, a guy from Santa Martins, I think, from Spain. Like, he's more marketable. The other thing is, sometimes you expect someone to beat another guy so bad that when they don't get smashed, there's like this, oh, my God, he's doing so good. It's like, oh, he just landed a punch. I don't know. Maybe there's that. I didn't see quite that. every t- Again, I was watching it on the second TV, and every time I looked over, it looked like T.O. was getting popped. Who knows? And then finally, wrap this up. Quick one. Uh, Terrence Crawford uh, heads home to Omaha to fight David Avisanya in a disappointing matchup after we did not get Ter- Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence. Problem is, Terrence Crawford's still a murderer. And in the sixth round, he hit a little one-two, little left-right, and knocked Avisanya the fuck out. Vicious knockout, vicious knockout. Uh, full crowd, I guess, like 18,000 people in Omaha. People in Omaha love him. So uh, it was a good night for him. He got paid, I think, $10 million. And, you know, there's been this thing with boxing lately with these promoters coming in and just randomly like saying they're going to pay people and then don't. But apparently he had like half of it up front and another half was like in an escrow account. So good night for Terrence Crawford. He knocks somebody out in the sixth round, defends his title, gets paid $10 million, 18,000 people in the stands. It was on pay-per-view, though, and I don't know if 18,000 people will have bought that pay-per-view. So, hopefully, for the love of God, can we get Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence first half of 2023, like April or May. Let's just do it. All right, that's it for the fights this week. Over to the gridiron. The NFL gridiron, that is. Let's, uh, Let's backtrack to Thursday. Baker Mayfield comes in the game like the second series. Playing for the L.A. Rams. I go to bed because it's Rams Raiders. Who gives a shit? Turns out, should have hung around. Because Baker Mayfield in his first week, in his first week with the Rams, leads him, leads him to a, leads him to the win. Comeback win. They scored twice in the last three and a half minutes. He hits Van Jefferson, 23 yards for the touchdown. To win the game, 15 seconds left. What a what a start in Hollywood for Baker. That's such a Baker move to happen. Like, that's just the way it, it works for him. He always, like, seems to, like, come out, guns blazing. You know, his first game with the Browns. He comes in. It's just, that's just so Baker. Now he's going to suck. It's just, yeah, yeah, just a guess. Just a guess. I'm wrong all the time, people. But he'll end up sucking. Now. Speaking about coming out guns blazing, but maybe sucking. The Lions beat the Vikings this week. Now, the Lions aren't terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not super impressed with them or anything. But big win for them. Keeps them in the playoff hunt. They're 6-7. and seven. They could end the season over 500. That's not out of control. I don't know what their remaining schedule is. We'll look that up while I'm talking. Um, but they come out, and they beat the Vikings pretty handily, 34-23. Now, are the Vikings good? I'm not, I don't know if I'm sold. 
I, I had been sold previously. And I don't know. And I heard a stat during the game on Sunday when they were playing the Lions. They've been outscored, or sorry, outgained, outgained by an average of 63 yards per game. Kirk Cousins has been playing good ball. That's a good defense. They got maybe the best receiver in the league. They still got Adam Thielen, who you've been not what he was, but when you got Justin Jefferson, you don't really have to be. Um, Are they? I don't know. I'm questioning them a little bit. I am questioning the Vikings. I don't, I don't know. It just, there was just a feeling I got. Now, that said, the Vikings remaining schedule, not super tough. Host the Colts, host the Giants, have to go to Green Bay New Year's Day. Who knows what that means? And then at Chicago. Don't think that should be a problem. But I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, you look at back at who they beat. Beat the Packers, get smoked by the Eagles, beat the Lions, who turn out to not be bad. Beat the Saints, no good. That was a three-point game. Beat the Bears by a touchdown. They're no good. Good win against the Dolphins. So, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Beat the Cardinals. They stink. And then here's like, so they come, then they go, good win against the Commanders, which has looked better as the season's gone on. Good win against the Bills. Then they get absolutely boat raced by the Cowboys. They come back and beat the beat the Pats, beat the Jets, and then lose to the Lions. It's they're a very intriguing team, and I just I'm not sure. I'm not sold that they're bad. I'm not sold that they're good. Just very confusing. Do we talk about the Lions schedule remaining? They got at the Jets, at the Panthers, host the Bears, at the Packers. All very winnable games. Ten and seven, not out of the realm of possibility. Nine and the eight, nine and eight, very possible as well. They're going to win at least one of those games going forward. You got to think. You got to think. I don't think there's any way they lose all four. Already beat the Bears and the Packers. Who knows what the Panthers? Sam Darnold's back. I don't know. You, you know what I found out though. I was uh, I made a great move in fantasy. Picked up a young gentleman by the name of Brock Purdy. And I left him on my bench. And of course, you know what that means? He could not be stopped. He could not be stopped. Brock Purdy out there going nuts as the San Francisco 49ers absolutely lay it on the goat. Just no mercy. 35-0. They get out 28-0 in the first. Tom Terrific scored one in the uh in the second, in the third quarter, rather. Christian McCaffrey out there doing his thing again. He had 119 yards rushing. He had some receiving yards, too. Just, he was filling it. Brock Purdy, 16 and 21, 185, two TDs. Very efficient. Yeah, like I said, McCaffrey ended up with uh, two receptions for 34 yards and a touchdown. Brent Ayuk, another fantasy guy of mine, as is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, both scored touchdowns in the air. Uh, just, the 49ers look good. They're on their third-string quarterback, and they look good. Real good. Not a little good. Real good. Nine and four now. Seahawks lost yesterday, I believe, right? Uh, got, let me double check. Let me double check. Don't want to speak out of pocket. Yeah. Panthers beat the Seahawks, which I think is a good thing for the Packers. Like, I think the Packers, almost everything happened right for them except the Lions winning. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, ooh, those the 49ers look good. They look good. They're they're a team to beat. They are they the best team in the league? Am I going there? Am I going there? Or not the league, the NFC? No, no, they're not. I'm an idiot. The Eagles, the Eagles. I think they're better than the Cowboys. I think they're better than the Vikings. Obviously better than the Bucks. I think they're better than the Commanders and the Giants. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the second best team in the NFC. And what AFC teams do I like better than them? Bills, Chiefs. Depends what the Ravens, what we got going forward. So I'm kind of jumping around. I'm kind of getting my own into a future segment. You know, speaking of funny stats that I mentioned earlier, you want to hear a funny stat? The Bengals were on a five-game losing streak to the Browns in the same time frame that they're on a three-game winning streak against the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, they finally ended that. So the uh, the Bengals end a five-game losing streak to the Browns and win the Battle of Ohio. I believe that was the second time they played this year already. So just uh, just an interesting little thing there. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, I don't know what the hell they were doing. They get out to this big lead and start, like, coasting. And here comes Russ. Russ and the Broncos. Broncos country. That's right. Um, that was weird. I don't know why they just didn't put that one away. A little concerning, but nah, not too concerning. Uh, in that game, Travis Kelts. 27 nothing though. Maybe that is a little concerning. As I'm kind of doubling back on myself right there. 27 nothing. I don't know. Maybe something just to just to keep your eye on. Travis Kelsey became the fifth tight end with 10,000 yards receiving. 10,000 yards receiving. Uh, Philly clinched the first team to officially clinch a playoff spot. They do not clinch the, the division yet, but they are the first team officially in the playoffs. Oh, what else we got going? Oh, Justin Herbert had himself a game last night. Had himself a game. Let's look up his stat line. I just remember seeing it was pretty darn good. Probably not enough for me in, in fantasy, but didn't throw enough touchdowns. 39-51, 367, one touchdown. Uh, ran the ball four times even, eight yards. He did fumble it once. Didn't lose it. 102 rating. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Yeah, Mike Williams, buck 16. Keenan Allen, 12 catches and 92 yards. No touchdowns. A little 20-plus point night with no touchdowns in fantasy. Speaking of fantasy, while we're there, I need Mac Jones to uh, not play well tonight. I need him to just stink. I just need him to stink, and I can squeak out a win, and I believe I would even slide into a bye if that were to happen. Let me double-check here, but yes. Yes, should that happen, and should the results of another matchup, which is currently 88% to go in my favor, I would sneak into a bye in the second place in uh, my Yahoo League. I am, unless Mac Jones and James Conner go nutty, I'm up 42 points in my ESPN League. I will become the first place team there and have a bye as well. I am in uh, the family, the, the adopted family league I'm in, my other Yahoo. I am in third place in that one. So first, the second, and the third. 
And then in my NFL fantasy league, I'm in debt. I think I'm going to be in dead last. So, you know, varying results. A first, a second, a third, and 12th. <laughs> We're going to go with the averages. The averages say I'm more like the 1, 2, 3 than I am like the 12th. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Uh, quick Packers thing here before we start talking about, like, moving forward and next week and Monday Night Football. Kind of mentioned Monday Night Football. Pats are on tonight. Obviously, we need Mac Jones to, to not do well. We need that Arizona Cardinals defense to come up large for us. Um, but Jordan Love apparently said, who, who reported this? Jason Wild said that there is a belief that Jordan Love will request a trade in the offseason if Aaron Rodgers returns. And I've seen a lot of, well, we should just trade Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to return. I don't know if the people saying we should trade Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers isn't going to return have looked at his contract. I think he's at, was it, $55 million? And I think it's guaranteed. Like, he's coming back. He's coming back. There's no doubt about it. Let me see if I can find it here. But, of course, this of course this happens. Jordan Love has his greatest moment. He goes six for nine. Yeah, 2023. Total cash. 59 million. The base salary is only 1 million. He has a cap hit of 31 million. Homeboy's coming back. He's coming back. So now we've got this. So Rogers is going to come back. Jordan Love's going to want out. Packers won't trade him. They'll just make a toxic locker room. It'll fucking torpedo the whole season next year, too. So let's just get that out of the way so I can work myself slowly into that. All right. Like I said, Monday Night Football, cards, pats. I made a mistake last week. Monday night, I went to sleep instead of staying up or, or getting up early and posting the thing. I was like, ah, Bucks aren't going to win this. Well, Tom Terrific showed me. Tom Terrific showed me. What do we got next week? Ooh, Niner Seahawks Thursday night. That's a good one. We got Saturday football, Saturday NFL football next week. Colts Vikings. We're going to find out a lot about the Vikings. Ravens Browns. See what, uh, see if Deshaun can figure it out at all. Dolphins, Bills, and the Bills have kind of quietly opened up a, a little bit of a lead in the AFC East. So that's a, that's an important game. That's a very important game. Sunday, uh, Eagles, Bears, nah, nothing there. Falcons, Saints, that matters in that division, but I just can't get myself to care. Cowboys, Jags, see if they can kind of right themselves a little bit. Lions, Jets, big for the Jet, big for the Lions. They are a... Uh, they're a favorite on the road. Interesting. I'd almost bet the Jets there. Chiefs heading to the Texans. Pitt and Carolina. Did Pittsburgh win this past week? No, they lost. Yeah, they lost. So they're, I think they're done. Packers are Monday night. They could still technically be in it. Giants commander Sunday night. Bengals box. Ooh, that's an intriguing game. Bengals box. Titans Chargers is intriguing. Let's make some picks. Let's get you some uh, some wagers to go with. Ravens getting three at the Browns Saturday at three thirty. I will take the Ravens. Give me those three points all day, all day. 
Cowboys minus five at the Jags. I'll take the boys. I'll take the boys there. They're going to bounce back. Uh, Jets getting a half. I'll take that. Kansas City 14. No. Patriots, Raiders, Cardinals, Broncos, Titans, Chargers. None of them have lines. Bengals minus four in Tampa Bay. Uh, Stay away from me. And then Giants getting four at Washington. Sunday Night Football. I'll take the Giants too. So, all right, that's uh, that's all we got. That's all we got for the NFL this week. Take it easy, people. Take it easy on the NFL. Monday Night Football recap. Looks like the uh, the Patriots take down the Arizona Cardinals. Big second half from the Pats. Uh, Cardinals were up thirteen to ten going into halftime, and then it's all Patriots all second half. Uh, 17 unanswered in the second half. Big news is uh, Kyler Murray. Looks like I, I just read that looks like he has a uh, ACL probably out for the rest of the season. The yeah, the Cardinals season goes from probably bad to worse. They're four and nine now. I imagine that eliminates them from the playoffs officially. I don't know if that eliminates them officially, but they're out. Big win for the Pats, though. That keeps them in the wild card hunt, and and they are actually slide into the. The, the final wild card slot. So just above the Chargers and Jets. Competitive little uh little wild card race there. Bengals nine and four. Dolphins eight and five. Pats seven and six. Chargers seven and six. Jets seven and six. So that one's a tight one. And then over in the NFC. Uh Cowboys pretty safe at ten and three. Then you got the Commanders seven five and one. Giants seven five and one. Seahawks seven and six. Lions six and seven, and then uh, Packers and Panthers and Falcons all five and eight. Panthers uh, still have a chance to get in uh, through the uh, through the division. Same for the same for the Panthers. Um, they're only one game back of the six and seven Buccaneers. So yeah, so there you have it. Mac Jones did uh, did score enough points to uh, keep me from earning the two seed in my Yahoo playoffs. Uh, so we're on to the playoffs and, and three of the leagues. Uh, as I said, I'm the, I secured the, the one seed in my ESPN league in the Yahoo league. I am the three seed in my other Yahoo league. I playoff start next week. And then in my NFL league, not good, not good. Let's see if I move to dead last. I probably did as I lost and I think I scored the fewest points. So even on, even on a record wise, I, uh, I'm probably dead last. Standings. Yep, there I am. Dead last. Five and nine. <laughs> Just lost seven in a row. I was five and two at one point somehow. Oh well, that team sucks. Well, uh, you know, we're we're gonna rebuild. We're gonna start over next year. And again, we're in first, we're in third, and we're in third. We're gonna take the positives out of this. All right, let's move on. All right, college football. And a slight basketball thing in here too, but mostly college football. So, Clarkie's Corner recap. Just the Army-Navy game this week. Clarkie took Navy. Old Walls, by default, had Army. Army sneaks it out. Army sneaks it out. 2017 and double overtime. Unfortunately, Navy fumbled the ball on the goal line. Had a chance to, uh, I think it was in overtime. I think it was in the second overtime. Hey, fumbled the ball on the goal line. Had a chance to score a touchdown and didn't. Um, so I pick up the win on that. So for the year, for the year, 
Clark, you went 36, 24, and 2. That's, you're making money. And Old Walls, 35, 24, and 2. I finish a uh, a game behind. There was uh there might have been, I, there was something in there that I took one less game for some reason. So it, it might have even been like a, a weird line or something happened or it was like a I don't know. So for some reason, maybe I was just being beneficial to myself. Who knows? But Clarky edges me by one. So I'm pretty sure what we're gonna do is a confidence pool. A confidence pool. For the Bulls. I am going to try and figure something out for that. So that I can open it up to, to the masses. Or all, you know, all, all of you that listen to it. I don't know that I call that the masses. Um, but what I'll try and do is I'll try and open that pool up to everybody. You'll see Clarky and I's picks. We'll talk about it a little more in depth maybe next week. Some of the games will start. I think some of the bowl games start this weekend. Um, but we're, we'll get that open. So if you're listening to this, look at my social medias. Look at my Instagram. Look at my look at my Twitter. Look at my Snapchat. I'm going to try and post it on there uh, the way to get in that. So keep your eyes open for that. Old Wall's House confidence pick pool for the bowl games. Going to probably... Ooh. Do we do confidence pick on the spread or just straight up? We'll have to figure it out. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. I'll post it. Quick note. First time a Army-Navy game ever went to overtime. First time it ever went to overtime. Seven previous games ended in a tie. Uh, college football did allow ties for a long time. But this was the first time that the Army-Navy game went to overtime. So... Army wins 2017. And then, like I said, quick uh, quick college basketball update while we're in the college realm. North Carolina picked up a win, 75-59 over Georgia Tech. I watched some of it. Georgia Tech's pretty weak. I don't know. I don't know. Still not sold. Still not sold in this, this team at the moment. Uh, they got the Citadel. On Tuesday evening, so maybe if some of you are listening to this, they'll be warming up to play the Citadel. And then then they got some big games coming. They got Ohio State, they're a ranked team, coming into Chapel Hill on Saturday. Then they also have Michigan the following Wednesday. Then they start the bulk of the ACC schedule. Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Virginia, January 10th. So that, uh, you know, we're going to find out if they can bounce all the way back or if they're just going to be mediocre. All right, that's all I got. That's all I got in the college basketball and college football world. <sighs> well, well, well. It's the point of the show where we talk about the Flyers. It's always a uh, you know bright spot in my day, just getting to relive the uh, the trauma that was the week in watching Flyers games. I chose this team. I chose this team. I auditioned hockey teams, and I ended up choosing the Philadelphia Flyers. Ooh, what a choice. Well, last time we were talking about the Flyers with the Gordon brothers, they were uh, they were busy beating the Avalanche. They were winning a game against the Avalanche, nonetheless. 5-3, to three, that game finished up. Well, their next time on the ice, it's feeling a little good, feeling a little tingly inside. Nah. Didn't last. 
didn't last. They lost 4-1. 4-1 to the Caps. Fucking Ovi was cherry-picking. Maybe maybe don't let him score all those goals, but he, he was cherry-picking. He was trying to get cheap goals. Catch up with Wayne Gretzky. He ain't no great one, I'll tell you that much. And then Friday, and then Sunday, they lost overtime goals. Scored four goals against the Coyotes, but lost to the motherfucking Coyotes. The Coyotes play in a junior high stadium, for all, for Christ's sake. <sighs> yep, 2-1 loss against the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. 5-4 loss against the Coyotes. They remain defeated in overtime. They are now 0-7. 0-7 in overtime games. 0-7. Oh, and uh, Avalanche again on Tuesday in Colorado. It's a late game. You know, that's one of the reasons I picked. You know, one of the reasons I picked the Flyers, they were an Eastern time zone team. So the game started at six, not seven. But, you know, now they're on the West Coast. You're heading out West. When they get their West Coast swings in, games start later. So I won't see too much of that game probably. Then they, uh, they head to New Jersey to play the Devils on Thursday. They're 1-1 with them so far this year. And then the uh, the Rangers come to town, come to Philly on Saturday. So those are probably three more losses, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what we got for the, the Flyers this week. No good news. No good news, really. They took their one win early in the week and, and squandered it away. Just, you know, hey, maybe we're building for a draft. Maybe we're building for the draft. Let's just go with that. Everybody's favorite time. It's time for my passing thoughts. Start off on a somber note. R.I.P. to Mills Lane. Famous boxing referee. Mills Lane uh, was the ref of the Tyson bite fight. And some of you may remember him as the ref on Celebrity Deathmatch. The MTV Claymation show. Which was an awesome fucking show. Uh, He passed away. He He was an older gentleman. So, uh. In, uh, in the words of Mills Lane, let's get it on. Uh, I've been watching Ted Lasso. I've been watching Ted Lasso. I uh, I got, what did I get? A new, I, I got something from work that, that queued me up for a uh, an Apple subscription, and I let it run out. Of, uh, for you, you always, That's how they get you. That's how they get you. They give you the free subscription. Hey, we got you a free subscription because you got a new Apple product. Son of a bitch, they got me two more months. They gotten like twelve dollars out of me now. Just getting twelve dollars left and right out of people. That's how that's how they get you. But I watched uh, Ted Lasso. I've been watching it. Uh, I'm into the second season. I don't know how long I've been watching it for, but I'm into the second season. Funny show. I've enjoyed it. He did a uh, he did a practice speech like the Alan Iverson. We talk about practice, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. What a fucking speech! But it's it's a, it's a good show. I've enjoyed watching it. Had a uh, had an enjoyable time with it. Um, kind of another sports related thing here. The Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association, I think that's what it is, PIAA, the high school sports like ruling body in Pennsylvania, has allowed name image and name image and likeness. I would reference you back a couple of weeks to. My uh, the show with where I interviewed Jim Christiana. Let me double check. That was episode forty five. Episode forty five published on eleven fifteen. 
We spoke about NIL pretty in depth. Um, but yeah, Pennsylvania high school athletes are allowed to are taking NIL. Apparently, uh, didn't read all of it in depth and how it exactly works, but it seems pretty cool. Would have been pretty cool to be a high school athlete and, and snag some uh, some NIL money. Wasn't you know wasn't very good at anything, so I don't think I would have got it. But you know, goddamn, could you imagine just uh, high school kid getting some NIL sponsorship? You know, where I grew up, if you would have pulled that Cambo sponsorship, that would have been the winner, man. That would have been the absolute humdinger. Just, you know, who are you? I'm Jordan Wallenberg, and I'm sponsored by Cambo. Oh, that would be a good one. That would be a really good one. Oh, that would be, oh Cambo. What else would be a good sponsorship from back there? Uh, you know, if you're one of those Troy people, okay, Vinny's. From the Valley, Howie's. What else you got? What else you got? I mean, there's tons of things. It could be Papa V's. Could have been a bunch of great things. I don't know why I'm just going to restaurants. Maybe I'm hungry. I already had dinner. I already had dinner. I do love food, though. Just love it. Um. Yeah, so. And I am allowed in PIAA. Noticed this the other day. Got uh, got like the first real snowstorm of the year. And one of my favorite things is to drive around like in town, like after a snowstorm. Like not while it's snowing. That's not bad. But like after everything's settled, they've gotten the roads plowed, but there's still like the snow on the roads. Like all the snow's fresh. The trees have all the covering. It's like my favorite time. Like, to go, just, if you have, I'll do a little stupid errand. Like, I had to go to the post office and send something for work. It was great. Just drive through town. The snow's all over. It just come down. They, like, barely plowed. It was still kind of snowing. That was a great time to drive around. I love it. Love it. Speaking of snow and the season we're in, it's the season of commercials where a husband or wife buys their significant other a car without consulting them. Where is the tweet? Here it is. DJ Short, at DJ Short. Ah, yes. The time of the year where people in commercials buy cars without telling their significant others like complete psychopaths. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Unless you are fucking loaded, and I mean absolutely fucking loaded, buying a car for your significant other with, like, out consulting them and, like, it being a surprise is the behavior of fucking serial killers. Who does that? Who does that? Like, if you've looked at cars and they've told you exactly what they wanted, but that is not the way they portray it in these commercials. Like, they're like, oh, this is a surprise! The fuck is wrong with you people? Lunatics. So, since Elon Musk bought Twitter, he's been, like, releasing these Twitter files things. Well, apparently, in this last one, skimmed over some of the uh, announcements and, you know, just gave it some top-line reading. Everyone always told us uh, shadow banning wasn't a thing. Maybe I've been shadow banned. Maybe that's why I'm not a popular person on Twitter. Maybe I should look myself up, see if I've been on the shadow banned list. Uh, Probably not. Probably not. But turns out, 
uh, that was all true. They didn't call it shadow banning. So when they, you know, said, oh, we don't shadow ban anybody. <laughs> that was their way of saying we were telling the truth. We do not shadow ban. But they had uh, search blacklist for certain topics and people. So the uh, the Twitter shadow banning conspiracy marked that one uh, true. As more and more of the uh, conspiracy theories in the world get, uh, become true. Also, speaking of Twitter, not dead, has not died, has not collapsed. It was like, what, three and a half weeks ago that Twitter was going to collapse any moment now? Hey, maybe it happens in the next, like, 20 minutes. Maybe it happens in the next month. Maybe it doesn't happen for a couple of years, but still not dead. They were acting like that shit was on life support and was going out in a, in a week. Cool picture of... Uh, Justin Thomas, Morgan Wallen, Eli Manning, and Eric Church all out to dinner together. I want to know who picked up the bill. I uh, I posed that to a group chat, and uh, one person said, hey, maybe they just went credit card roulette. They were with somebody else, though, and I don't know who he was. I looked it up, and I forgot. It seems like the kind of thing that guy would get. Like, he'd be like, nah, nah, nah. I'm picking this up. Like, homie's like, he's probably, like, really rich. He's like, you guys think you're rich, but I'm, like, rich, rich. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did go credit card roulette. Maybe they just pay for themselves. Can you imagine if they just pay for themselves? I mean, what are the net worths? Let's do a little Google search. Let's do it. Let's see what the Google search is of these guys' net worth. Justin Thomas. Net worth. 30 million. Okay. Not bad. 30 million. I could do. I could deal on that. Morgan Wallen net worth. Morgan Wallen net worth. I'm going higher. I'm an idiot. His is 4 million. Apparently. Eli's is for sure higher. He's got the biggest one of the, the three thus far. 150. Yeah, Eric Church ain't touching that. Does Eric Church have a bigger net worth than Justin Thomas? I'm going to say no. 14 million. No. Yeah, Justin Thomas doubles him up. Yeah, I knew Eli was going to be there. So, Eli, ooh, does Eli pay for it? Who knows? Who knows? Cool picture, though. Justin Thomas, we're talking a little golf here. There was a video out there not too long ago. Where it was like floating around the uh, uh, the the Twitterverse, the Instagram, you know, the the golf Insta channels, and it was like some tournament, and like there was like a fifty four, and then there was a forty. There was like some fifty four, some fifty sixes, like a fifty eight, and then there was a fucking forty six. These dudes made like six eagles. They hold out on a par four for a one, and. Obviously, it's bullshit. Like, that's bullshit. They're fucking cheaters. They're cheaters, or there were 800 mulligans, or you got the tee off from the ladies' tees, or whatever. So then there's this fat dump that po- that they reposted the Zyre Golf. And he claims to be, I don't even think he is, but he's like, oh, yeah, we do that shit all the time. Motherfucker, you fat piece of shit. I'm not even in shape, but I will get... Three other of my friends 
and I will empty my fucking retirement account to play you and you're 46 all the time fucking shooting people. You ain't making fucking four, six eagles and fucking holding out on par fours. We're going to play real fucking tees, not fucking women's tees. You don't get any goddamn mulligans. You don't get to hit fucking get a whoopsie here and a whoopsie there. Fuck it. We do that all. Fuck you. Nothing pisses me off more than people who cheat at golf. Like, just go fuck yourself. It's like the one sport in the world where you call fucking penalties on yourself. Have a little fucking honor and a little pride in yourself and post a real fucking score. Okay, I'm calm. I'm calm. So, let's move on to, you know, just a normal topic. I don't know if you guys know who Sam Brit- Brinton is. Sam Brinton works for the United States government. Department of, like, Energy or something, like, nuclear waste or some shit like that. Look them up. Sam Brinton. Apparently, this person has a little bit of an itch for stealing luggage at airports that is not his or hers or whatever they call themselves. Sorry. (laughs) Again, look them up. Find a Google image, please. This person was charged, has a felony warrant for grand larceny for stealing Luggage at a Las Vegas airport in July. I think that's the one that said there was $1,700 worth of things in the uh, the luggage. Some jewelry, some clothing, and some makeup. They're like, oh yeah, the makeup's worth $600. I was like, what the fuck? No wonder I'm fucking poor. My wife probably has $700 worth of makeup. Also has a felony theft charge from doing it at uh, the Minneapolis airport in September. This person is a serial luggage stealer. They got caught twice. That's not, you know, that's not the only time they've done it. They've been doing this shit for years, for years. Just absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Went to the, uh, the NCAA uh, volleyball tournament. And Wisconsin has, like, this cool old stadium that their volleyball team plays in. And it got me thinking. Like, these old stadiums have so much character, especially, like, basketball, because they're so unique. Like, you go, like, the Wisconsin's old stadium, like Cameron Indoor, Butler. uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I can't. I mean, you know, North Carolina's old stadium as well. Like, a lot of stadiums have been replaced over the years. Like, North Carolina plays in the Dean Dome. Syracuse plays in the Carrier Dome. They used to play in, like, a little old stadium as well. Uh, and like, and so there's just a couple of things left throughout the world because they've all been replaced with newer ones. And, like, you can watch a game at a newer stadium. You're like, you don't know where you're at. Like, if the co- like when they paint, like, when the NCAA tournament comes to town, they put a, you know, they put their stadium flooring in. And it looks like the same thing everywhere you go, whether it's the, you know, the Kohl Center, Madison Square Garden even, or, you know, uh, Greensboro Coliseum was like someplace in, in California. Like they all look the same, but all those old stadiums, they had so much character and there were overhangs and there were balconies and poles that you had to like fucking look around. And as 
annoying as it is if he gets sat behind one of them, there was some character. Like, there was character to the stadiums. You get it a little in football, not as much. Baseball, you can still get it. Like, baseball stadiums still have character to them. But, like, old basketball stadiums, and everything's right on top of each other, and they're small, and everyone's jammed in, and they get hot as shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably in the minority, but there's something about it. There's just something about it. I love it. And I wish there were more like that. I wish there were more like that. But, alas, they're not. They have to build new... 20,000 seat stadiums with luxury boxes and air conditioning and great, you know, great locker rooms and all that stuff. I get it. I get it. But those old ones, man, they're so cool. (laughs) I, so I watched the fights Saturday night. I was like, come to bed late. Roommates already in bed. Dogs in bed with her. And I always get a chuckle at the absolute disgust my dog has with me when I come to bed late. Just absolute utter disgust in my my actions and choices to not come to bed at the same time as them. Because now he's like posted up on my side of the bed. I like try and get in bed. He's like, you here where I'm fucking sleeping? You've got to be fucking kidding me. Just absolute utter disgust. One thing that's not disgusting you know, sometimes the group chat, it just gets buzzing. It, uh, you know, the the group chat's buzzing sometimes. And you're just, everybody's hanging. They're chilling. And, uh, you know, I was in one the other day. It lasts about 40 minutes. And it just made me think, is, is there anything better than when the group chat is really humming? I was sitting in bed, just reading the group chat. Just the most ridiculous shit getting said. I'm kind of like trying not to laugh. And then by when you're trying not to laugh, you're like laughing harder and you're like trying to keep it together and you can't. It's just ridiculous. And it was, it's one of the dumbest things in the world. But sometimes when that group chat's buzzing, it's just the best. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to just say some things on this, this Brittany Griner situation. Let's just end it with a bang. Fuck it. What do you say? And I'm I'm going here because I'm going to piss everybody off, I think. First of all, probably a good thing we got an American citizen out of a Russian jail system. Uh, let's start here. I see a lot of people, like the news, calling it a Russian, Russian penal colony where there's forced labor. What the fuck do you think happens in our jails? They're paid like 12 cents an hour. That's fucking forced labor too. So there's point one. Okay. Good thing an American citizen came home. I agree. Is it a good thing we traded a dude that's known as the merchant of death? Probably not. Probably not. He gets his name because I believe he was helping to funnel guns to the Angolan Civil War. Now. You know who was funding and funneling guns to the other side? The fucking CIA. So let's fucking back her down a little bit with the fucking, like, this is the worst thing in the world. Like, the biggest drug runners in the world is the United States government and the CIA. So there's that. 
What's that? Oh, we left the retired Marine Paul wheel in there. And then people are like, well, fucking Trump would have got him back. Really? Trump would have got him back? Because he fucking didn't. So that's a stupid fucking argument, too. So I just, I, I'm so fucking over all the grandstanding from both fucking sides. Both sides of the fucking political spectrum. Like, let's just stop acting like, I don't know. It just annoyed me, like every part of it. Like, I get you'd be upset. I can get it. But, like, have a coherent argument to back it, which no one did, of course. So, again, I don't know everything about it. I just saw some hypocrisy in a lot of it. I think both sides are just being complete fucking jackasses, as per the use, per the use. Nothing fucking new there. So, that's what I got. That's what I got for you in my passing thoughts this week. Let's go wrap this shit up. Closing time, everybody. So, again, I, I appreciate all of you. Thank you guys so much. I, I'm i still blown away every day, every week, that people keep coming back and watching and not watching, listening. So, guys, thank you guys so much. Uh, I, again, I, I can't express my appreciation enough. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to be back next week. Don't forget, share the show. Get yourself entered in the T-shirt giveaway. It's out there. It's available for you guys. Do it. Just share it. Just share the show hit retweet send it to your fucking story you guys can do it i got faith in you you're smarter than you'll all look all right so thank you guys be back next week till then peace